The Evolution Channel is sponsored by Eternal Gold Beauty, the most advanced skincare line in the world. Awaken your skin to aging in reverse at eternalgoldbeauty.com today. You're listening to The Frequency of Creativity with Melinda Har Curley. Welcome everyone to The Frequency of Creativity, where we are at the intersection of energy and art. I am your host, Melinda Har Curley, and you can find us on the Evolution Channel of the Superpower Network to see how I translate energy and light into art, sign up for my newsletter at melindaharcurley.com. Today, I'm so excited that we are talking with the inspiring artist, Margaret Lindsay, about art as inquiry. Hello, Margaret. Hi, Melinda. Glad to be here. Oh, we're so Margaret, you were recommended to me by one of the uh, other podcasters on our platform, and she participated in your heart spiral meditation. And she was so impressed with you and your work that she emailed me and said that I had to have you on my show. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Uh, You have your master's of fine arts and are a longtime healer artist, educator, and creativity coach. You teach expressive art and healing retreats, plus creativity and consciousness classes, and also meditation. Now, I know that these teachings grew out of the graduate seminars that you taught in the arts and consciousness program at John F. Kennedy University in Berkeley, California. So, Margaret, there's so much that I want to talk to you about, and where I want to start is where you paint, and you paint in the Sierra Nevada mountains in Northern California, and I can somewhat relate to that because I paint in the Appalachian Mountains on the East Coast, and I know how important that environment is to me. So, share with us uh how inspiring and and how you relate to your environment where you paint i'd love to it's really interesting actually because where i live in the uh, sierra nevada foothills it's about 2500 feet i'm surrounded by manzanita cedar yarrow oak all sorts of critters but it's been very interesting i've lived in this place for a number of years. And my relationship has totally shifted in response to particularly the plants, the trees and the manzanita. Uh, I've begun to work with them uh, deeply uh, with uh, art as the way I have a conversation with them. So for example, when I'm working with a manzanita, instead of painting a picture of manzanita, what I'm doing is holding in my hand one gnarly branch of it. I'm touching it, I'm smelling it, I'm seeing it, and I'm um, painting the lines that I see on the canvas. And that becomes the first mark 
the first thing that happens. And then I start playing back and forth with the canvas and the manzanita. So it's uh, so what results is a different kind of truth about the plant. Instead of being a picture of it, instead of being um, me, the human looking at it, instead it's talking through me in a sense, right? It's, it's uh, a different kind of truth gets on the canvas. I love that, Margaret. And I so can relate to what you're saying. And I'm in the old growth forest with ferns. So mm. I go through a very similar process. Um, Margaret, we're going to have to take a short break. And before we do, can you please share with our listeners where they can find you? Yes, my website is arttransforms.com. That's uh, A-R-T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-S.com. And um, so please stay with us. And what I, we're going to talk more about art is inquiry. And my next question is going to be, you use art as a verb. So stay tuned with us. Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. We're back on the frequency of creativity with Margaret Lindsay. And Margaret, let's hear about how you use art as a verb. So I use art as an exquisite technology for inquiring, for studying, for knowing, for seeing. So rather than art as an object, it's art as action. And in this case, what I do myself and what I do with the people that work with me is make this a conscious process so that the art itself, the making, the doing is the questioning process. So in the making comes the answers, whether that's healing, whether that's talking to the manzanita, um, whether that's connecting with the uh, with with the universe, Margaret. In looking at your website, there's a quote that I really related to, and I think it relates directly to what you just said. And on your website, you say, "My approach to creativity and consciousness." begins with this belief. 
the more aspects of a person's being that are engaged while learning and healing, the more likely it is that transformation of consciousness can occur. That's, uh, I call that creative cross-training. So that in, it's like working out at a gym and working different, different muscles, different parts of your body. In this case, I'm, I'm myself and the people I work with are using the emotional body, the spiritual body, the intellect somewhat. All of these things are tapped into and um, allowed to express. So this, when I talk about conscious creative practices, that's what I'm talking about. We all do this somewhat when we make art, but I'm talking about uh, consciously utilizing um, art through our different ways of knowing. So for example, working through the emotional body, honoring our emotional states and letting them give us information back so that we, instead of being unconscious about what's, what's going on or our responses to life, we bring it into a conscious place. Is that making sense? It does. And Margaret, when you teach these classes, how does the conscious creative practice affect your students' overall life, or does it? Very much so, actually. Um, in part, because, because of making um, particularly emotional states and knowing states that are less than conscious, that are under the surface, bringing them out where that information can be seen and it can be dialogued with, it can be meditated with. So for example, let's say um, someone has a lot of fear around something. So we might go into that fear after first doing a, a guided meditation to, to unhitch from uh, regular logical thinking, okay? To bring ourselves into the emotional body. And then I'll have people, uh, uh, return to that time and place where they felt that fear and allow themselves to feel it, to honor it, to allow it, to be with it, to simply be with it. And then from that place, um, paint, draw, move, dance, sing, um, what the quality of that fear is. So your fear might be uh, for a particular time and place, um, smudgy and muffling and heavy. Somebody else's might be sharp and pokey. Okay, so in the in the questioning process of okay, what is this like? Okay, it's this, it's this, it's this, and making the art. Then you actually see the quality and the specifics of your fear, but it's no longer hidden. Now it's out here where you can talk to it. Now mm -hmm. it's out here where you can see it. And suddenly, you know, the fear, the, the fear was of fear to some extent. Now the fear becomes useful information. All right, look at that. I have this fear around this and it looks like this. Okay, and you can start talking with it. You can start dialoguing with it. Um, 
and people tell me then they they find that they can then meet whatever the issue was because now it's not this inchoate fear rumbling around unconsciously. Now they're actually um, being present with whatever's going on in their life. So Margaret, in listening to you, you don't have to be an artist to take these classes or to practice this conscious creative practice. Not at all. In fact, one of my favorite sayings is you can't do it wrong. Okay. Um, and the, and the corollary to that is you can't do it right. Okay. There's just doing. So we're not making this art to make beautiful pictures. We're painting from the inside out. Okay. So we're, we're making these, it might just be marks on your paper. It might just be scribbles. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference because it's um, it's information from your psyche getting out where you can see it. Okay, getting again, getting where you can see it. So um, no judgment, and that's actually the biggest thing that I that I have uh, with all people I work with in all classes is that self judgment around art. Oh, I can't do art. Oh, yes, you can. We all we all can do art this way because you can't do it wrong. Margaret, what you're saying is so fascinating and interesting to me. As having training in art, how did you come on this path of teaching conscious art and conscious creative practices and art expression how did this unfold in your life and how did you end up on this path? Well, I think I naturally worked this way somewhat anyway, but the arts and consciousness program at JFK University in Berkeley was life-changing for me uh, because it not only, um, it, its whole concept was what I'm talking about right here, about taking art as a, um, as a technology for knowing, right? Um, which is really remembering forward from what humans always did. Humans always used art to process um, healing, to process uh, you know, um, joy in community, to process fear, to, uh, to celebrate the turnings of the earth, but, um, but we lost that. Um, but at JFK, the, the most important class I took, which ended up becoming the, the process that I do with people is called, called art and symbolic process. And that is a good example of what we're talking about. So as a, a art maker, you're taking one thing that you use as a symbol, a, a single thing. So not something that already exists as a symbol, but let's just say um, a shell. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you begin making art with that shell and that shell, uh, which has a whole raft of symbolism that travels with it anyway, um, begins to offer you information. But the way you get that information is by making art with it. Okay. By creating with that yeah. shell. Okay. And the interesting thing is you and I could both choose 
to work with a shell at the same time. But we each would be learning something different. We'd be traveling in the same archetypal and symbol field, things that are that a shell always is, we would understand. But for you, the shell might be about being contained, about having um, uh, armor around you, right? For me, it might be about swimming in the deep. So we could go somewhere totally different using the same symbol. But if we hadn't started working with the symbol, neither of us might go to either of those places, right? So the symbol becomes a lens that leads us uh, into different avenues of inquiry and different pieces of information. That's really interesting. Then also is you teach another class called creative inquiry. It sounds very related to what you're just saying. So what's the difference between art and symbols and creative inquiry? The, that's a great question, Melinda. Um, the art and symbolic process is a, is, a, uh, is a template. It's a specific template, a specific type of questioning using um, one, and artists do this all the time, but not usually consciously, using um, just one um, subject, basically, as the means of getting there. Now, the creative practices class is uh, more like art gym, right? I'm doing different events to get at different things. And in, a, in say, one um, workshop, we might warm up with um, working with emotions, with the emotions that are present and uh, giving those forms. You know, then we might um, inquire into something we're feeling in response to what's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, we might, it depends on the class, we might even be doing some work for each other. Sometimes we share things in pairs and then make art in response to what the other person is feeling. And that's really rich because when people do that, they often they get out of themselves, right? They get out of the judging because they're just looking to respond to what someone else feels. It's this beautiful empathic process. So, um, and my bag of tricks is by now quite large. <laughs> so <laughs> when I do a, a creative practices class, uh, it'll depend on who's there and what people are needing in a particular day, right? Which ones, you know, which um, practices I pull out of my basket. Well, and talking about practices that you pull out of your basket when you're talking about how two people may work together and respond to each other, you also do team building with process art. So tell us, how do you inspire team building through these art practices? Well, one of the things that is really uh, rich and important for people in groups is to be heard, um, to witness each other. So let's say at a group that you um, that you work with, you don't normally stop and listen to each other, 
right? That and listen without saying anything. So, for example, one of the processes that I'll do um, with pairs and groups is called um, conversations in paint. And uh, <laughs> when you do a conversation in paint, you can't speak. You are only making marks, and while you're making yours, the other person listens. Right? They can't say anything. They can't do anything. And then when you're done, they look at what you did and respond to what you did. And people have amazing experiences doing this because, again, the listening is deep. The empathy is deep. But just those marks it could be squishy, scratchies, um, just you know, blurry gobs. And yet it communicates. They're communicating with each other on a level that they never knew they could communicate. Um, and there ends up being lots of laughter and discussion afterwards. So, so that's that's an example of just one way. It's it's creative play um, with uh, allowing people to connect with each other in un- unusual ways. I think we should use a lot more of that. And it sounds <laughs> like it's a method for negotiation as well. And are mm-hmm. people able to sit there and listen and be focused? It's fascinating. I've done this with clay as well with groups. And it's interesting because every every group is different. Um, sometimes people won't play well together, right? And they'll each, they'll just start working on their own side, you know? And so then you get to, you get to study that. You get to look at that because you can't do it wrong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So whatever shows up, then you get to look at it. You go, oh, Look at that. And you just get to be with it. You get to be with whatever showed up and you get to, again, witness everyone being with what showed up. That sounds like that has a lot of applications for our every day. Um, Another class that really interested me are mandalas and you using mandalas and journey to the center. Mm-hmm. Well, mandalas, uh, for those who don't know, that's the Sanskrit word for circle. So simply put, a mandala is art in a circle, uh, which humans have been doing, you know, for 40,000 years throughout time, whether, you know, it's a labyrinth, um, whether it's a bullseye, but there's traditions all over the world. And what I'll do in a mandala class is... Um, Working through one tradition, um, we'll uh, learn about that and then we'll do artwork in that mode. So, for example, the labyrinth, we'll walk the labyrinth, we'll make labyrinths, we'll, um, we'll work with the concept of labyrinth. But um, the circle is also really amazing for this kind of inquiry. We're talking about art as inquiry. So uh, for example, you can investigate your life or a problem in your life uh, by working within the circle, by putting yourself or the issue or the problem in the center, and then working out from there with all the different aspects of it. But the circle contains it and somehow uh, it allows you to understand and see what's happening in a way that's entirely differently than um, flowing all over the place on a, on a square, okay? That the circle 
contains and holds and keeps safe. Okay, so everything within a circle is related to everything else in the circle. So um, anyway, so a, a, a practice in a conscious art class might be working with colored pastels to do something that I just described. So you might have all the different um, important beings, places, and things in your life arranged around you. And then you're going to figure out, you're going to make a line or something that connects each of those things to yourself and inquire and render what kind of connection they have, right? So maybe maybe your work is like a super highway. Maybe your child has left home and right now it's a broken line. Maybe, you know, you love nature, but you're afraid to go out there and the, then the connection is actually severed. So by the very drawing of these relationships, you, uh, you investigate them and you see them and then you see them rendered, okay? And then once you have this beautiful mandala of your life, then I give everyone homework, take it home, put it up, be with it, you know, look at it, meditate with it, right in response to what you get when you meditate with it. So we've got a lot of different layers of work a play so you talked about the mandalas and journey to the center and a circle Mm -hmm. how does that relate to the heart spiral meditation it sounds like a very similar process one Mm -hmm. is in paint and one is in meditation that's a great question melinda the, the heart spiral is a journey to center, but also out from center, okay? It goes in both directions. Um, and so the it's basically um, you're moving into your heart all, all the way down to an atomic level. Uh, that is going to the center. And then you're radiating out all the way out to the cosmic level, as far out as you can possibly go. So there's this this in and this out. Um, and the, the heart spiral itself is an is an unending um, an un, unending spiral. It continues this motion. So it's uh, it's alive and vibrant, um, and uh, and a and a doorway for connecting with, for example, light and love of the universe. That's part of what, when I do a meditation with the heart spiral, we're bringing that in, we're bringing, and then we're also radiating out, or we're bringing it in and surrounding ourselves with it, um, 360 in all directions. Um, And then we're also sending ourselves out. So there's this uh, interconnection with basically all that is, but it's all centered through the heart. So thank you for for centering on centering, <laughs> because that's really that's really what it's doing. So and I can see now why well the why the other podcaster said that I had to have you on the podcast. And Margaret, listening to everything that you've talked about. Uh, the mandalas, journey to the center, uh, team building, creative inquiry, conscious creative practice, 
expressive art, it feels that they're all part of the same organism or the, the same consciousness of going deeply within yourself to express who you are and the truth of yourself. And in this process, being able to release blocks that may stand in the way of you becoming who you truly are, seeing who you truly are, and being able to express not only through art, but in your life as well. That's beautifully put, Melinda. Um, and yes, that's exactly right. That the, the doing the, um, the artwork, um, it it's, allows you massive ahas on a really deep level, you know, on an emotional level, on a soul level, on a physical level. People often have physical healing. I mean, there's a, that's a whole nother conversation is making art to heal specifically. And of course, you know, that's, there's, there's uh, traditions all over the world that, that use um, art, music, et cetera, to heal. But um, the, the fact that you've made it physically um, allows you to understand it energetically, right? And allows you to change it in, in actuality. So, because it's working on all these different dimensional levels simultaneously. So, yeah. Margaret, I, I'm sorry, we've run out of time. And Margaret, I have learned so much from you. And um, I'm going to ask you back to talk about art as healing. And we will talk about the physical aspects of it. And you're right, that's a whole other conversation that I think is worth having and worth having with you. So Margaret, please share with our listeners one more time where they can find out all of these fascinating and healing and worthwhile practices that you offer. All right. Uh, on my website, arttransforms.com. That's A-R-T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-S. So one T.com. And uh, there's all kinds of information about these things that Melinda and I have been talking about today. Thank you, Margaret, so much for being with us and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the Frequency of Creativity, where we are at the intersection of energy and art. To see how I translate energy and light into art, sign up for my newsletter at melindaharcurley.com. Now, be your own inspired self in the world. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.